Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. in week number two, completing week number two today, uh, but we are in, as a church, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I just want to encourage you, uh, for anyone who has joined us and is a part of that journey, uh, that God is at work within us, even if we can't see it or feel it, that God is doing something. And I want to encourage you to keep going. We got one week left, and I'll, I'll, I'll encourage you maybe my uh, miss will be an encouragement to you, uh, but I had such a strong first week. And uh, not only was, was I strong in doing the things that I, I was co- uh, committing to fast, uh, but I, mean, I, I just felt all week just the presence of the Lord and God was ministering to me. And uh, then we had some sickness in our house. I did some traveling and I do not feel like week number two was a very good week. And um, I was encouraging myself in the Lord, just remembering that we are not about perfection. We're about progress. It's not about being perfect. It's about every day making progress and moving, uh, putting one foot in front of the other and keep on moving forward. And I just want to encourage you, we got one week left. And uh, if maybe you kind of dropped the ball a little bit or you haven't decided to join us, we got seven days left as a church that we are believing God, praying and fasting, saying, God, speak to us, meet us where we are. It is not too late. Let's finish strong. Let's jump back in and let's believe God in these last seven days that even more so than he has already, that God's going to meet us where we are. Uh, if you're here and maybe you haven't jumped in, there are 21 days of prayer and fasting cards as you exit today. And all the instructions and kind of what we're doing is pr- pr- pretty simple on there. So you can grab that and you can, you can join us. Uh, that being said, though, we are in this series we started last week that we've entitled More Than Believers. More Than Believers. Look at your neighbor and just say, More Than Believers. Come on, More Than Believers. Uh, we're in the series we started last week called More Than Believers, talking about how God really has called us to be more than just believers in Jesus. Uh, what the scripture teaches us is that God has called us to be more than people who just believe of his reality and acknowledge his existence. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but the scripture says this, that even the demons believe. That even Satan himself and all of the demons in hell, they believe And so if we are settling for belief, we are settling way below the standard of the expectation or the invitation that God has given us to follow him. No, God has called us to be more than believers, but to be disciples, to be those who are following after him. And we said it last week, but I want to say it again, that we're really believing and praying, actually, that this series for us would become a uh, a setter and a shifter even of the culture of our church. And what I mean by that is that any areas where maybe the culture, the DNA of who we are needs to shift a little bit, that it would shift us, it would move us, but then it would set us like cement, just set the foundation and the culture of who we are, that we're not settling for just being believers in Jesus. We're not settling for just believing in his existence, acknowledging his reality. No, we are pursuing him as disciples. You may say, what is a disciple? Well, we defined it last week, but in both the Greek and the Hebrew, the word disciple, it paints a picture for us of a student or an apprentice. 
Uh, we said last week that we're, we're, we're kind of leaning towards the apprentice definition only because the word student for so many people, it kind of conveys just a head knowledge. It conveys someone who is just learning and getting smarter. And while th- there, there is an element to our walk with God, that it is about learning, that it is about increasing in our knowledge and our understanding of God. The, the word apprentice gives us a different definition that is maybe more, more applicable because an apprentice is one who is following after a master. An apprentice is one who is following after someone who is a master in their field and they are spending time with them. They're watching them. They're listening to them. They're learning from them. They're practicing in their ways, all for the purpose of becoming like them. My, 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 my wife and I were somewhere recently, and we overheard someone talking of all things about fasting. And uh, we were not a part of the conversation, but we started eavesdropping in the conversation. And basically the summation of the conversation was, it's impossible. Ain't no one can fast for 40 days. I mean, who, who, who do they think we are? Jesus. And the summation of their conversation was, Jesus is here and we will never be there. What he did and what he, uh, what he modeled, how he lived, we could never do that. And I thought, isn't it interesting that we actually have some of that in us, don't we? That, well, Jesus is here, but I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm over here though. And we forget that the Bible says, the Apostle Paul would write, I'm laboring and I'm working to, to the extent uh, in the hopes that Christ would be formed in you. That, that it is the call of God for us to day by day, little by little, by the help and power of the Spirit of God, to become like Jesus. That to be a disciple is to be an apprentice of Jesus. It's to be one who spends time with Jesus, who listens to Jesus, who learns from his ways, who watches his ways, and who seeks to practice his ways all for the purpose of becoming like him. The call of God and what we see in scripture, we talked about it last week, it is to be a disciple of Jesus. It is not to just be a mere believer in Jesus. It is not to just simply believe in his reality, acknowledge his existence, and then go, uh, move on and go, uh, go on to the, 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 the everyday mundane parts of life. No, the call of God is to go, Jesus has called me to follow him as his disciple. And we said it last week, but being a disciple of Jesus, it's a choice. It's a choice that every one of us have to make. All through scripture, you will find that Jesus calls people and then they have to make a choice. They have to choose. And, and it's not a choice to just confess, but it's a choice to commit to daily walking with him and allowing him to mold and shape and change and transform our life. Uh, this morning, uh, we're, we're continuing in our series. And we're talking today about what are the foundations of our walk with God? What is the foundation of being a disciple of Christ? And I ask you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20. Uh, we read this last week. It was our starting point, and it will be today our starting point again. I'm reading today from the New King James Version. If you don't have that version, not a big deal. Uh, but in case you don't, all the words will be on the screen. It says this, Jesus talking. It says, go therefore and make disciples. Now, I don't assume that we need more recap, but I'll just point it out again that what Jesus called and instructed and commanded his followers to do was to not go make more believers. 
That's not what he said. Go make sure people know that I'm real and that they believe in me. Nope. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you and lo, or remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. If you're taking notes, you can write this down today. The title of the sermon, it simply is this, Foundations Matter. Foundations Matter. And again, we're talking today about the foundations of our life and the foundations of being a disciple of uh, Jesus. I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Uh, I grew up watching uh, Disney movies. I don't know if you've seen uh, the Goofy movie, uh, but because of the Goofy movie, for the longest time, I thought it was called the Leaning Tower of Pizza. It's not called the Leaning Tower of Pizza. Although, let's be honest, that would be awesome to have a giant tower of pizza. That is not what it's called, but it's called the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And it is a, a structure, it's a bell tower uh, that is in Italy that is famous for leaning. It's famous because most buildings you see go downtown Charlotte or even downtown Fort Mill or wherever you might go. And most structures, they are, they're, they're straight up and down. They're, they're not leaning, but the leaning tower of Pisa got its name because it is a leaning tower. And I, I don't know if, if, you, if you, you know much about the structure, but uh, when it was uh, started, when construction, construction began, uh, they sought to build a 55-meter, 180-feet, uh, it's an eight-story tower, and uh, they did so uh, only creating or only giving a three-meter foundation. And not only did they uh, have a very shallow foundation, but they made their foundation, or they set their foundation in sand and clay and material that is not very permanent, but it is shifting all the time. And so about the time that they got to the third story of constructing, uh, c- constructing this building or this piece of architecture, it began to, to lean. And rather than stopping, restarting, and going back to the foundations, they just kept on building. They kept on building, thinking that, hoping that if they could just counterbalance the weight enough, they kept on adding weight to one side to counterbalance it, that it would somehow be, be straight and hold. But because the foundation was so shallow and the foundation was on material that was continually shifting, it today, as you know, it has a significant lean. Now, why do I bring that up? Because, well, foundations really do matter. And, and kind of like this, this piece of architecture has a lean to it. I don't know if you've noticed this, but, but there's a lot of people that have a lean to their life, isn't there? There's a lot of marriages that have a lean to it because the foundation isn't right. There's a lot of people, their perspective, their outlook, their attitude in life has a lean to it because the foundations are right. There's a lot of situations and circumstances in life that if we're just looking and comparing it to what scripture says, there is a lean to it because the foundations are not correct. In, in the same way, there are many people who are believers in Jesus and even who seek to follow him as disciples who have a lean to their walk with God because the foundations have not been set. Well, you, you might say, well, what, what are the foundations of our walk with God? What are the foundations of being a follower of his? I want to go back to Matthew 28. I want to read this one more time, and I want to show you something. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. But listen to what Jesus says baptizing them 
in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Pause for a minute. Jesus says, I want you to go and to make disciples and those who, who become disciples, those who choose and make the decision to follow me as an apprentice, those who become disciples and followers of mine, I want you to baptize. Someone say baptize. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This, this word baptize, it is a Greek word that means to fully submerge or fully immerse. Now, what we know about Matthew 28, 19 through 20 is that without a doubt, for sure, Jesus was talking about literal, physical water baptism. We, we know this through scripture that baptism, that it is the first, someone say first, it is the first act of obedience of the believer. We see this in Acts chapter 2, verse 28, I believe it is. It says, uh, uh, you have made known to me the ways of life. That's not the right scripture. I am so sorry. That is so embarrassing. Let me read you the correct scripture. Acts chapter 2, it is very possible. It is very possible. It is verse 38, not verse 28, which would not be their fault. It would be my fault entirely. How embarrassing. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. See who who can win. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Um, I know it's 38. I just got to find it. Have you ever realized that when you're looking for scripture under pressure, it does not go as fast as it normally does? Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Thank you so much. It says, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Day of Pentecost, Peter is preaching, freshly filled with the Spirit of God, and he's preaching, and all the people that were there, they go, What do we have to do to be saved? And his response is, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized. We see all through the New Testament that it is the first act of obedience of the believer to be baptized, to be fully immersed or submerged in water. This this symbolic practice that symbolizes that we are going from death to life. That our life has fully been covered. We're dying to ourselves, fully immersed in what Jesus has done. And we are being raised back to life in his finished work as a new creation in Christ. So we know Matthew chapter 28 that it is talking about literal physical baptism, water baptism. However, however, I will remind you and I today of this, that while water baptism is a significant physical act of obedience, that it is symbolic of something that happens on the inside, is it not? That it is not just something that we do because it is religious repetition, but rather it is something that we do because it symbolizes and it reminds us or teaches us that our life has been fully crucified that we are dying to ourselves and being raised to new life following him. We know that baptism, while it is a physical act, that it is something that is, it is an internal, symbolic, significant spiritual thing that is happening. Because of that, what we can also take from Matthew 28 is this, that Jesus is saying, for everyone who would be my disciple, they need to fully be submerged immersed in God the Father, 
They need to fully be submerged and immersed in Jesus the Son. And fully submerged and immersed in the gift, the person of the Holy Spirit. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The foundation, the foundation of being a disciple, the foundation that we need if our life isn't going to lean, it is the love of God, the finished work of Jesus, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you, you go into all the world and you make disciples. But those who will choose to follow me and be my disciples, you baptize them, fully have them immersed and submerged in the heart of God, the love of God, the Father God, the Son Jesus who came and who gave his life in his finished work and in the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is our foundation that without doubt, without question, whoever you are, wherever we are today, that we are in fact, we are indeed, we are loved by God. Can I get an amen? The Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That God so loved the world that he gave. Uh, Romans 5, 8 says this, but God, he demonstrated or he proved his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God put on full display his love for you and I in that while we were lost and without hope in our sin, that he sent his one and only son and that before we made the first move, God made the first move. God proved, he demonstrated his love in that he sent his son. 1 John 3, 16 says, by this we know love. How do we know love? By this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay our lives down for the brethren. The foundation of our faith is that we are indeed, we are loved by God. And not only are we loved by God, but we this morning have been covered by Jesus' finished work. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that he who knew no sin, the one who was spotless, blameless, without fault, he who knew no sin, he became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That Jesus came and he lived the life that we could not live. And having lived the life that we could not live, he died the death that we deserve so that in him we might become right before God. I love Hebrews 10, 14. It says, by one sacrifice, by one, by one sacrifice, by one offering, he has forever, for, think about that for a second. He has forever made perfect those who are still being made holy or who are being sanctified. That even though my life and your life too is a work in progress. Come on, there are no perfect people in here this morning. There's no one here this morning or watching online that knows it all. I remember one time I was talking to, to a parent and uh, I said, hey, like, there's like no worries, no condemnation, just curious. Uh, I haven't seen uh, your, your son at youth in forever. And he goes, oh, well, you know, the, the, the thing, Pastor Brandon, you know, he's, he's 16 now and he grew up in church his whole life. And so there's not anything, you know, happening on Wednesday that he doesn't already know. And I thought, oh, you fool. <laughs> what 
what a, what a silly way to live to think that I can arrive at such a point that I'm good. No, all of us are a work in progress. All of us continually, God is in process of changing and transforming. And the Bible says by one sacrifice, forever, God has made us right before him. God has, has declared us right with him, even though we're still a work in progress. Romans 5, 5, 1, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible, it says, therefore, having been justified or declared right with God by faith. I heard one pastor say it this way, the word justified literally means to be declared right with God. To be, de- it's like sometimes my kids, they try to make a declaration of what they will or will not do. And then we declare the opposite sometimes by using, you know. Um, but it says we, we've been declared. And one pastor said this, that like if you had a radio station that was, that was 101.U, that what you would hear all day long, declaratively, right with God, right with God, loved by God, approved by God, accepted by God, welcomed. You, you have been declared right with God. God by, by what? By faith, by faith. And we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, we are loved by God and we have been covered by the finished work of his son. And not only that, but we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower us and enable us and to help us continue to grow and become who God has created us to be. John 14, 16 through 17, Jesus says this, and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And I'm going to pray the father and he's going to give you another helper. He's going to give you another helper that he may abide with you, be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Think about this for a second. What is Jesus saying? He's physically, tangibly standing there with his disciples. he, He has not ascended. He's still physically, visibly, tangibly on earth. And he says, you, you already know him because he's with you and he'll be in you. What is he saying? That in the same way that I am walking and talking and present in proximity to you in this moment, just like I'm with you right now, in the same way the gift, the spirit of God is gonna come and fill you and be with you and be in you. John 14, 26 says this, that the helper the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, that he will teach you all things. He's going to teach you all things. Did did you know that it is actually not more sermons? It's not more books. It's not more podcasts. It's not more Bible studies that we necessarily need, although God uses all of them. Can I get an amen? But it's the Holy Spirit that we need because it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us and illuminates from the inside out our understanding to grasp and understand. It's the spirit of God. One scripture says this, that he's actually the one that convicts us of sin. That we don't always need a pointing finger at us because we got the Holy Spirit in us. And he, he even at times convicts our hearts of sin and areas where that, that's not right. This is not who God's called you to be. 
The Holy Spirit, John 14, 26, he, he teaches us all things, but he also brings to our remembrance all things that he has spoken to us. Last scripture I'll read you, Titus 3, 5 says this, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Listen to this. I love these three words. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. He says, you've been saved. And it was the Spirit of God that washed you and cleansed you and cleaned you. It's the Holy Spirit who regenerated you, who made you a new creation in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.17. The old is gone, but the new has come. It's the Holy Spirit who washed you and regenerated you, changed you, transformed you, and is renewing you. Oh, the foundations of our faith, the foundations of being a disciple, it is knowing without doubt, without question, I am loved by God. I've been covered by the finished work of Jesus and I've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. You might say, Brandon, why are these the foundations of our faith? Why, why, why do these matter so much? You write this down, second thought today. It's simply this because it is this foundation that gives us confidence and security. It is this foundation that gives us confidence and security. You might say, how? Because when we have this foundation laid in our life, no longer are we trying to earn or deserve God's love or our salvation through what we do. You, you, you ever met someone who's just like hypercritical? You met this person? If it's your neighbor, don't nudge them, don't point at them. But you ever met a hypercritical person? It's like no matter what you do, no matter what happens, they got something to say. Uh, my, my wife is not at all a hypercritical person. I just got to put that out there, put it on the table, let it be said, because she's watching from home right now online. She's not. But I was joking with her the other day because, uh, you know, I'm not bragging or anything. It's not a big deal. But I made dinner for everybody, and um, it's kind of a big deal. But uh, she just had a really busy day, and I knew what was on the menu for that night, and so I made dinner. And I don't know if any guys can relate, but you know, when I do stuff, I'm pretty pumped about the fact that I did it. And uh, I'm expecting a, what, like, I know she does it every single day. And I, it's like, I did 1% of what she does daily, but I'm expecting like a, wow, that was amazing. And, uh, and, and she, she walked in and this particular dish, her first comment was, huh, it's a lot of cheese you put on there. <laughs> All I need is the affirmation that I did it. But you ever met a hypercritical person? It's like, man, no matter what you do, like they just got something to say. Sometimes we can be so hypercritical on ourselves because whether we've articulated it, whether it's something that we really know or are aware of, there's something in us that our walk with God and our pursuit of following Jesus, it kind of is because we're trying to earn and deserve his love. It kind of is because we're trying to earn and deserve what, what he's already done for us. I struggled with this for years. I had things that I, I was doing for God. And when I would miss the mark, when I didn't hit all of the boxes in a row, there was this deep part of me that went, oh, I don't even know if I can like go to God. He's probably so disappointed. He's probably so frustrated. Oh man, I, I, I miss the... And if we're not careful, our, our walk with God can just have this lean towards a works mentality. 
you know how you can tell someone who, who has a works mentality? I only say because I've been there, done that. Um, they're not just critical of themselves. They're hypercritical of other people. Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And if you're not careful, all of a sudden, you just got this lean to you. Or everything I'm doing, yeah, it's because I love God. But if I'm honest, it's because I'm trying to earn and deserve and somehow get my stuff together so that I can be loved by God and I can be approved. And, and the foundations of our faith give us this great confidence and security. Oh, there's nothing that I can do to earn or deserve God's love that has already freely been poured out and placed upon me. I love Romans 8, 38 through 39. It says this, for I am persuaded, I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God. Oh, God has already lavished you. He's already placed upon you his love and there is nothing you can do to earn or deserve or even remove yourself from it. I love Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace, someone say grace, unearned, undeserved, unmerited love, blessing, favor, for by grace you have been saved. For by grace you have been saved. We, we are standing or sitting here today, standing in the grace of God, loved, accepted, approved, and with full access to all of God's blessings and benefits. Not because we did or didn't, but because by grace we have been saved. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. Well, why does this foundation matter? Well, it matters because it gives us great confidence and security that as we are following Jesus, as we're spending time with Jesus to watch and listen and learn and observe and practice in his ways to become like him, that we are not doing so to earn or deserve anything. It's already been given and placed upon us. It, it, it matters because it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God who is changing and transforming our life, not we ourselves. When, when, when we moved into our house a couple years ago, five years ago to be exact, um, we had a massive plumbing leak. And it was just the worst. And uh, any plumbing leak is just bad. There's no good. But, but this was the worst because we had like four different plumbers come out and no one could fix it. They had no idea why it was leaking, what, like what was happening. They just, it, it, we don't know. And uh, I, I had no, no idea what to do. And so what I just kept on doing is I kept on just calling people. Hey, we had so-and-so come out. They couldn't, can, can you come out? And all I was doing was giving people access to my life or to, to, to my house to come and do something that I could not do. Can I tell you that we can't change and transform ourselves? There's no amount of spiritual discipline and good things that you can do to change and transform you new. No, the change and transformation we need, it is a work of God. And all these things, we'll talk about them next week, these spiritual disciplines or practices, all they are is saying, God, you have full access to my heart and my life 
to come and do something in me that I cannot do in myself. See, this foundation that we've been given, the gift of the Holy Spirit, it brings us confidence and security because it reminds us and it strengthens us that we are not responsible for the work that we cannot do. I love Philippians 1.6. It says this, but being convinced being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, that he will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it, will bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Oh, when I know that I've been loved by God, when I know that I've been accepted and approved because of what Jesus has done, and when I know that I've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that becomes the foundation of my life, the foundation of my following and pursuing. Oh, it gives me such confidence and security because in all of it, I know I'm not trying to earn, I'm not trying to deserve, and I'm not trying to bear a burden that I cannot bear. So how, how, how do we lay this foundation? If foundations really do matter, how do we lay the foundation? You can write this down. It's our concluding thought today that we lay the foundation by resting in the foundation. Uh, tell me you're a pastor without telling me you're a pastor. Say point number three, we lay the foundation by resting. Brent, what does that even mean? That, that, is, that is not understandable at all. We lay the foundation by resting in the, that, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Let me explain to you for a second. Joshua chapter one, verse eight through nine. I want to go here and I want to look at something. Joshua had just taken over for Moses and Joshua was, was given charge to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. Something that had not happened for 40 years. And Joshua was now going to lead them. And, and God keeps on telling Joshua, be strong and be courageous, be strong. Be courageous. How am I going to be strong and courageous? Joshua 1.8 says this, this book of the law, this book of the law, this B-I-B-L-E, it shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. Someone say meditate. You shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is speaking to Joshua and says, Joshua, be strong, be courageous. How do I do that? He says, you do that by meditating, by, by taking this book of the law, by taking the written word, by taking what I've already spoken and meditating in it day and night. I know that you know this, but the word meditate does not mean to sit Indian style, do some, some, some weird yoga pose and hum. That is, don't do that. Um, unless you take yoga, then I guess, cool. But th that's not what it means. To, to, to meditate, it means to, to mutter. Meditate means to chew on. Meditate me means to, to think about, to, to continually have 
on, on your mind and in your mouth something that you're chewing on, you're thinking about, you are, you're, med- you're thinking long and deep, you are, you're meditating on it. It's amazing the things that we meditate on without even realizing we meditate on it. There, there's a new kids movie out and I have no idea how, but in watching it like all of three times, my children have every lyric to the soundtrack memorized. It, I, it, I, I have no idea, but they do. And all day long, they're, they're meditating in this soundtrack, singing these songs. And we, we meditate on things all the time without even realizing it. And what you will find in Scripture is that there is a principle that whatever you meditate on, you become strong and confident in. I'm uh, not by any means you know, marginalizing people uh, who are immune compromised or have some sort of serious condition, but uh, there's people who don't. And I saw someone in the grocery store the other day and they had on, they had on gloves. They were double gloved, actually. They were double gloved. They had on a mask and a visor and they had wipes. They're wiping everything down before they even touch. And I thought, how, how did they get so strong and confident in this, in this fear? Meditation. Thinking about watching, listening, talking all the time about the possibility of whatever it may be. You get someone who has a, a sin or a stronghold or, or, or an addiction, something. How, how did you get so strong in that? Meditation. All the time thinking about not taking thoughts captive, listening to, watching, talk. What you meditate on what you choose to set your mind on and think continually and deeply and chew on brings strength and confidence to your life in that area. And God says to Joshua, Joshua, be strong and courageous. How? By, by taking this book of the law, by taking what I've given you and by meditating in it day and night. What's he saying? Joshua, rest in the words I've spoken to you. Romans 10, 17 says this, that so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does faith come? How does faith grow? By hearing the word of God. How does faith come? By hearing. How does faith grow and increase? By, by hearing. That's why the Bible says in Colossians 3, 2, that we are to set our mind Someone say set. We are to set our mind on the things above, not on the things below. Every single night before we go to bed, one of us, we're going upstairs or downstairs and we're setting our thermostat where it's supposed to be. I woke up this morning and I went and I reset the thermostat to where it needs to be. We're, 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 we're setting something. The, the Bible tells us that it's actually your responsibility. It's my responsibility to get up every day and to, on purpose, with intentionality, to set my mind on the things above. Man, I just, I don't know how people are so spiritual. Like I, one day maybe, pastor, if I go to enough church services, if I get prayed for enough, I take enough communion, maybe one day I'll be that spiritual. Do you know how people are quote unquote spiritual? Romans chapter eight, verse five says this. 
it says, for those who live according to the flesh, they do so because they set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit do so or are able to because they set their mind on the things of the spirit. Now, I, I don't know why I can't seem to, you know, just be filled, filled with and led by God every day. All I do is get up and start scrolling, checking emails. Just, and I get in the car and I, I, I couldn't say a bus. It was too late. Let me just check. I'm turn on sports radio. Let me just listen for a little bit. I listen to the news all the way to work. I got to work and I'm thinking about work all day. And I come home and I'm you know, with, with the family and then I get back. I don't know why I can't seem to, to be spirit led and spirit empowered. Is it possible it's because you are not practicing? You, you are not purposefully setting your mind on the things of God. Oh, God will change me and God will transform me. It is the spirit of God that changes and transforms me, but it is my responsibility to cooperate, to, to obey by getting up every day and setting my mind on the things of God. How, how do we lay this foundation by setting our mind on it? By, by praying and worshiping and, and memorizing scripture and, and doing so around these ideas that I'm loved by God. I'm loved by God. I don't know, Brandon. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I could do that. Do you, you know what I did? Not that you should, but I'll just give you an example. I remember a few years ago, I just, I, I want to be more confident in these things. And I went and bought a God's promise book. And I got on my computer and I typed in love of God. Finished work of Jesus, Holy Spirit. And, and through scripture references and my God's promise book, I listed about every scripture I could find in the Bible that talked about God's love that talked about what Jesus has done, that talked about what the Holy Spirit does and the, and the gift that the Spirit of God is. And you know what I started doing? Just little by little by little, and I mean inch by inch, not yard by yard. I just started memorizing them, chewing on them, meditating on them, making those the things that I woke up every day and prayed. God, I thank you today that I'm loved by you. Thank you today, God, that you've set your love upon me, that you're for me, that you're with me. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your finished work that I'm forgiven and I'm cleansed and I'm right with you. Thank you today, Holy Spirit, for filling me. And I little, but you set your mind on them. You know what happens? Because you said you grow in strength. You grow in confidence. The foundations of your life are, are fortified. I already told you, I, I dropped the ball in week two of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, last, last Saturday or last Sunday, rather, I was getting home from some tra traveling I was doing and I just felt beat up on the inside because I hate missing the mark. I hate dropping the ball. And I'm walking through the airport. I'm just, just kind of discouraged. And, and because I've been setting my mind on the things of God and because my foundation is strong, do, do you know what kind of just by reflex came out of my mouth? Thank you, Lord, that you love me. Thank you, God, that has nothing to do with how, with how you view me. Thank you, God, that there's grace and there's mercy. And almost out of nowhere, do you know what scripture just, just came, came to mind? Philippians 1, 6. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that the good work you started in me, you bring into completion. Oh, all the pressure and weight that I felt just... 
because my foundation reminded me, oh yeah, it wasn't my 21 days of prayer and fasting that was going to do the work. God's doing the work. God's doing the work. And I'm doing my best to cooperate and obey and be led. But at the end of the day, I'm not doing the work. He's doing the work. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And, and I'm, I rested in that. Thank you, Lord. The good work you started in me, you're bringing to completion. You're working on me. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you're working on me. And, and I just prayed, just walking on the airport. God, keep doing what only you can do in me. Keep working on me. Keep changing me. Keep transforming me. I, I need your help, Lord. Help me. See, the foundation of following Jesus, it is not the practices and the principles, and we'll, we'll talk about that. There's, there's a place for that, but it's not our foundation. No, our foundation is that we are without question loved by God. That without question, we have been covered by what Jesus has done and declared right with God. And we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit who is changing us and transforming us, who is bringing to completion inch by inch the good work that he started. You didn't start the work. You won't finish the work. He started the work. He will finish the work. And all the confidence and security it gives us to know we're loved by God. Jesus has covered us. And Holy Spirit, you are faithful to bring to completion what you started in me. Can I pray for you today? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, today we thank you for the gift of your love that you have gifted and placed upon us your love. There's nothing that we've done to earn or deserve that. We thank you today for your finished work, Jesus that we are considered righteous and forgiven and we stand before you accepted and approved because of what you have done, not because of what we have done. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for the gift that you are, that you have come to live and dwell within us, never leaving us, never forsaking us, but being faithful to bring to completion the good work you've started. Lord, we pray today that you would help us as we set our mind on the things of God, as we rest in the promises and the realities of these things, that you would help us to not only lay, but to build with strength a strong and a solid foundation upon which our life will be built. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, would you stand with me today and can we conclude our service today by responding to the Lord in a worship chorus before we dismiss? Come on, let's stand and lift our hands and engage today. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.